policy drivers, thanks for joining our virtual town hall, this time taking us to Kentucky. This is Donna Rudy coming to you from Washington, D.C., host of Drive Time Talks, the exclusive podcast for Toyota's policy drivers. In this episode of Drive Time Talks, Senator Rand Paul speaks with Kentucky plant president Susan Elkington about his experience having tested positive for the coronavirus and now negative and as a former physician, stresses the need for better and more testing. He shares his concerns about the national debt and the importance of getting people back to work again. Fasten your seatbelts, policy drivers. You don't want to miss Susan Elkington's virtual town hall with Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. Senator Paul, I gotta say thank you for taking the time to speak to us today about things that are going on up in Washington that you've been able to help support all of us here as Kentuckians but also to give your perspective, you have a very unique perspective. Besides being a Senator and being a Kentuckian, you have also tested, personally tested positive and now negative for the virus. You're also a physician, which I know that you're also volunteering, seeing patients that have COVID-19. I wanna just say thank you for everything that you've done. And I wanna let you give, give you a couple of minutes uh, to be able to address our team members before we get into questions. Great, Susan, uh, thank you. I wanna tell everybody I'm doing my small part to help Toyota. I'm now driving a Toyota camp. And I'm fascinated by, it always tells me when I don't use my blinker, so I get this sort of weird feeling as I go from lane to lane, but it's actually training me. I'm more sort of like a, a psychological experiment uh, training me to use my blinker because it's disconcerting if you don't use your blinker. But I do like the Camry. It seems to be a great car and I've enjoyed driving it. As I came home, I had to go into quarantine when I was positive and I couldn't be on a plane and couldn't be with anybody. So I drove my Toyota Camry from DC to Kentucky by myself. And you know, I've been home for the last couple of weeks. I was in quarantine for a couple of weeks in the basement and some in the yard because I was actually pretty lucky. I, I got the virus but never had any symptoms. And this is kind of an extraordinary thing. They are finding when they do a lot of testing that a lot of people end up getting this that they never know they had it. In Iceland, they've tested just about everybody or a huge portion of the population in Iceland. And they found that people who are positive, about half of them don't have any symptoms. Now that's the good part of the disease. The bad part is, is that there still are unfortunately people who get it and die and even sometimes healthy people. And I think a lot of people on the phone call, you know, are obviously healthy enough to work. So you're a pretty healthy person if you work at Toyota. But the thing is, is it sometimes even gets a pretty healthy person. And I think that's what scares all of us. We tend to think, oh, well, flu's not going to get me. Coronavirus is not going to get me because I'm healthy. And I think that's largely true. I mean, healthy people and younger people, working people are going to do better with this. But I think we did have to do something. And so I do agree with the social distancing. I agree with that we had to slow down things for a while. I've talked to the president, I talked to him yesterday, I talked to him last week, and I largely agree we had to do a lot of these things. But I've also told him that the easy part is shutting things down, the harder part is opening things up. And I'm not going to presume to tell Toyota when to open up, but I am telling businesses that they need to be talking to the governor and letting them know that we are going to get through this and we got to get back to normalcy at some point. We can't be sitting around here in November saying, you know, that there's a couple of people that are still ill. There are still going to be sick people even when we get started again, but we cannot stay closed forever. We've tried to do things. The government's passed and sending out checks to a lot of you. But it, frankly, I don't think will work because you're going to get your check and then they're going to tell you you can't go to the restaurant and you can't go out to a movie and you can't go to the store. 
So it really isn't going to work until we actually get past the quarantine. And so, and that's a tough thing. I'm not going to make the final decision on this. Infectious disease people are going to give consultation. A lot of people will make this decision. But I think there's a danger if we get complacent or if we think, oh, we're going to have no deaths ever again from the flu or any of this, and we just keep business closed. It's a disaster for our country, and it's a disaster for all of us. So I know everybody wants to be safe. I know your employer cares about you. But at some point, we do have to make this decision to, to reopen again. And I can tell you, I'm volunteering at the local hospital. The numbers of admissions are down in my town. You know, they've gone down each day over the last week. So while the numbers are higher in the state, and it looks like the death rate is higher, it's because they're not getting enough people tested. So there's, there's probably tens of thousands of people, even in Kentucky, who have immunity now. We don't know it because we're not testing enough. I think within the next week or two, there's probably going to be a test that's either a finger prick test or from your uh, vein. And the good news about that is some of you on the phone call may have had the flu in February and think, well, gosh, did I have coronavirus? They're not going to test you, you know, uh, through the sinus test, which believe me, you don't want if you don't have to have it. But there will come a time in the next month or so that they're probably going to have a finger prick test that you can do. And then that may will give you the comfort. Let's say you've got a you know, elderly mother or grandmother or somebody at home you're worried about infecting them. If you've already had it, you're much safer to be around those people. You're also much safer to travel. As far as uh, stimulating the economy, the downside to giving everybody checks is we don't have the money. We were already running a trillion dollars deficit, which means we're spending a trillion dollars more than we have. Now this year, the deficit's going to be over three trillion. This is more debt than we've ever incurred at one time. And while debt can be manageable, you know, when you borrow off of your house or something like that, it's a, it's harder as a country gets more and more in debt. There's a point at which, you know, if you borrowed for your house and for your food and for your car and for everything else, there's a point at which you get too much debt. The other reason I'm worried is a lot of this money that's going to people in the form of checks isn't going to be spent until the virus is gone. When the virus is gone, I think we'll recover. But I am optimistic. I mean, we've got a great country. We were doing so well before all of this. And I think a lot of you, particularly those of you who are still working and still have your job and everything, once this gets open, I think you will go back immediately to restaurants and start spending money like you were before. And people will do the same with buying cars. So I think we can bounce back from this. I'm optimistic we will. And I think it's really a short-term thing. This isn't something we're going to have to wait six months and be closed. First of all, I want to say I'm glad to hear you're doing well, and I'm assuming your family's doing well also. You already talked a little bit about concerns about how much it is and that the spending won't happen, but what are some of the key points of the, the CARES package? One of the things we had to do, and the thing that I did favor and did get included to a certain extent, and we'll see how well it works, is expanding unemployment insurance. We already have an unemployment insurance program. It does kind of work as a transition when people are unemployed. And uh, I, I did support and, and actually advocated introduced legislation to expand the unemployment insurance, not only to include those traditionally in it, but to do something extraordinary, and that's to put self-employed people who don't pay into it. Now, that would have been an added cost, but I think people who are laid off, who are waiters, waitresses, hotel industry, you know, we don't have cruise lines here, but things like that where they're just massive layoffs and everybody's laid off. I think we did have to have a backstop because the government created this. The government created the quarantine and the government really has some responsibility. 
sending a check to everyone who's still working, frankly, I kind of disagreed with, you know, and I know some people will like having the check and that's great, but, you know, some of these checks will go to uh, people like my wife and I, we shouldn't have gotten a check. My two kids don't make a lot of money, but they still have a job and they're working from home. It's not going to make them go to the store or to the movie or anything. So I don't think it actually works and we're having to borrow it from China. It just hurts the country overall. There's a lot of business loans in there to keep businesses afloat. I think we did need to do something for business. My suggestion was to try to see how much could voluntarily be done with deferring business loans. So like if you're a restaurant and you have to pay your bank every month a certain portion and then you make payroll, that if the banks would defer your payroll or your, your payment for two months, I think we really could have gotten through a lot of this. Instead, what we did is a several hundred billion dollar small business loan program and the problem is, is they're not loans, they're gifts. So if you keep your employees and the government gives you this money, you take the money, you don't ever have to pay it back. Well, for you as your individual business, that's gonna sound like a great deal. The problem is, is what happens to our dollar? Does the dollar become weaker? Does the country become weaker? And is there a limit to how much debt? And it's not easy being the one who talks about the debt because you know everybody's suffering and everybody wants something, but I think we do have to kind of balance it. So if I had had my druthers, I would have expanded unemployment insurance to cover people unemployed and not done several hundred other billion dollars. In the end, we did it. It was just over $2 trillion. And we'll see. We'll see whether the country can manage that much debt. But the key is, is that I don't think we will recover as a country. And I don't think everybody will get back to where they once were until we lift the curfew, until we lift the quarantine. I'm not saying I know everything about it that it can be done tomorrow. All I'm saying is we have to all of us agitate and let people know in government to make these decisions that we can't stay closed forever because if we're too cautious in this and we remain locked down, eventually businesses will be smaller. And I'm not talking about your business, but all businesses will feel this pressure to be smaller if we go into a massive recession from this. I'm still a believer that this is a very short-term thing that when the quarantine is lifted, it's almost like an artificial recession. It's not going to be that we're in the middle of recession. I frankly think, I, I see it even in my town, Lowe's is open and says Walmart and says Target. And I've been to all three of them in the last two days and the parking lots are full. So people are already agitating and want to get out there to get, you know, back to some sense of normalcy. But, you know, the other stores, the restaurants, Dick's Sporting Goods, all the other different places you might go aren't open. And we have to balance the public health with also a balance and a need to try to get open at some point. Sort of leading into that question about, you know, as quarantines are being lifted, what do you think are some of the key things that as government, as a, the Senate, are important things for you to address? I think the thing is, is the my advice to my fellow colleagues in the Senate and to governors and everything else is that one size fits all isn't a good idea for quarantine. So for example, what's good for New York City in the next two weeks may not be the same for Georgetown or Tompkinsville or Bowling Green. I think there's a big difference right now in what's going on in the urban areas and the rural areas. And I think that there could be some cautious opening very, very soon in rural America. I mean, if you live in a little town in Kentucky and there are absolutely no cases right now, I think I'd already think about some cautious opening, but we're going to have to get the governor's go ahead because the governor basically has made the rules for the state. You know, I agree with people. It's still scary in New York City. I have friends up there that I talked to that I went to, to school with 
and they're worried about their families. And so I understand it has to be different. But if we treat everybody and we say New York City has to be cured before we open up Kentucky, we're going to lose another month or two of our entire economy. It's not like we're losing a little bit of our economy. We're losing the whole thing. So I think we can come back. And I think once there's more testing, if someone gets sick that you know, really we test the circle of their friends, we can much more quickly contain it. And that, that means we just need more ability. They've been you know, turning people away with flu-like symptoms and not giving them a test. And I think that's wrong. I think we need to test more people, not less. What do you think we've sort of learned as a country going through this pandemic already about you know, our healthcare systems or even our preparedness? We got to do better on the testing. And some of that I addressed. The FDA put in place this red tape where you had to ask for permission. But the University of Washington has very smart, there's a young man who's a a virologist, so he's a PhD, maybe an MD also in viruses. He thought that we needed a test in January and began working on it, but the government got in his way and the government didn't approve a lot of these things. I think we could be a, a lot better prepared for getting more testing. And I think in South Korea that had so few cases, what that would happen is when you got sick, you'd immediately test everybody around you, but then you'd also get the test back quickly. In my case, the test didn't come back for six days. And so it's a long period of time. And I had no symptoms and really no reason I had to get the test other than I've been traveling a lot. But I think we may have passed this peak too. People are talking about this peak being in May uh, for, for Kentucky. It, the numbers are going down in our local hospitals here in Bowling Green. I think it's true across the state. Some of the overall numbers are up, but I think the actual hospitalizations are going down. I don't think we're going to have a peak in May. We'll find out the numbers pretty soon, but I think we've actually gotten this at a pretty low level, one being a rural state and two with the distancing and shutting things down. I really think this is not going to be nearly as bad as they predicted, particularly in Kentucky. Crisis is one of those things that either bring out the best or the worst in people. And I personally think it's bringing out the best, both in our team here at Toyota um, in the state of Kentucky and you know across the country. And I want to thank you for all that you've done. Do you have any final comments that you'd like to share with our team here at Toyota? No, uh, just that I've always been excited when I visited you guys there in Georgetown. I think you're a great business for Kentucky, great jobs, and there really is a team spirit of everybody, you know, working together for the same goals. And I want to hopefully get you back doing it as soon as possible. And we are going to get through this. But the only thing I would caution against is people saying, oh, you know, we got to wait six months to do that. I think if we wait six months, you know, there's our economy will be complete shambles. And we're going to get through this. I mean, and, and, and you're going to end up meeting a lot of people who have had this disease like myself and recover. And that's the vast majority are actually either not going to get it or if they get it, the vast majority recover without complications. And I wish you guys the best of luck. And if there are any specific problems, Susan or Mark, that you're encountering with anything to do with the different packages that we've passed, uh, let us know. We're happy to help. Thank you very much, Senator Paul. Again, I want to say thank you from all of us here at Team Kentucky and then also between our manufacturing facility and then also our production engineering facility. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And that's it for Drive Time Talks. Policy drivers, the government affairs team thanks you for listening, for asking your questions, and for caring. We can't do this without you. This is Donna Rudy signing off from Washington.